Welcome to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. This is Brian Kletter, the creator and host of the podcast. You can engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought or at Counterthought CEO and on our Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast. For audio versions of the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And for video versions of the podcast, join us on YouTube at the Counterthought channel. Let's go. Senator Chuck Schumer changed the dress code of the United States Senate. This change is a microcosm of what is happening in today's American culture when it comes to standards and also when it comes to choosing to please the extreme minority instead of the overwhelming majority. Welcome to Counterthought. So Senator Chuck Schumer changed the dress code for the United States Senate over the weekend. Word of this hit the press on Monday, and a lot of senators and political pundits have been weighing in on this change. Some are fine with it, some are, yeah, you know, middle of the road, and then others are completely against it. Now, immediately upon this news, all eyes were cast towards Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman. Fetterman, as you may remember, you know, he was elected this past election cycle in the midterms of 2022. He had a stroke during the campaign. I believe it was in April of 2022, but still managed to win the election for the 2022 midterms. But because of that stroke, he has had uh, suffered depression and had to check himself into one of the Washington DC hospitals. I believe it was Walter Reed to go under undergo treatment. He has also had struggles with his speech and his understanding because of the stroke itself. But what is he is most known for, I would argue, is his attire. He wears a hoodie and shorts and sandals. I'm not sure how long he has worn this, this outfit for, but this is what he chose on the campaign trail. That could have been something that he chose to do as part of politics and wanting to try to identify and win the vote of the Pennsylvania voters who also think like that, who also want to dress like that or do dress like that. But he has continued that on into his time in the Senate, which is approaching, you know, nine or 10 months so far, you know, just this year in 2023. And Senator Schumer changed this dress code, it seems, to appease John Fetterman. But why on earth would he do that for just one senator? one of a hundred and one of just his uh, contingent within the Democrat party in the U S Senate. Why please the 1%? Why would he do that? Now, some senators, like I said at the beginning, you know, don't really care. Others are up in arms about it. I am more, so, I am more so to the up in the arms <laughs> faction um, because I believe there needs to be a certain set of standards for certain offices within this country. Now call me old school. That's fine. Call me old school, but I believe there are certain positions, certain offices, certain um, titles within this country where you, there should be a standard kept out of respect and reverence for the position. One U S Senator, Senator Roger Marshall of Kansas 
is quoted saying, this is a sad day in the Senate. I represent the people of Kansas, and much like when I get dressed up to go to a wedding, it's to honor the bride and groom. You go to a funeral, you get dressed up to honor the family of the deceased. There needs to be a sense of decorum. Now, Senator Susan Collins of Maine had a little bit more fun with this, and she's quoted to say, that the rules debase the institution of the Senate and quote, I plan to wear a bikini tomorrow to the Senate floor. Now that's funny, but I also think that it is, it is sad because that is where I think we have to go to, to write the ship back onto the right path within this country. Not when it comes to just to just dress code, but other things where we are trying to placate the extreme minority while at the expense of the majority, one of the most uh, prominent ways in which we have done this so far in this country, not we including me, but we as Americans as a whole, is when it comes to letting transgender female athletes participate, biological males participate in women's sports. I did an entire episode on transgender athletes, a whole episode. And why are we trying to please the extreme minority at the expense of the majority, especially when it comes to this issue? When it comes to this issue with transgender females or biological males competing against biological women, we know based on biology, despite how much certain people, primarily far left liberals, want to deny the fact that there (laughs) are things in biology that cannot be overcome, that there are biological differences, this like I feel like in order to get to the to correct it again, right? To get steer the ship back on course, and I'm taking this a little bit from Clay Travis of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show, that we are going to have to overcorrect in order to correct. Now let me explain if you're unfamiliar with that concept. So in order to get the the ship back on its path, we are going to have to do something so outlandish and extreme to bring it back, right? So when it comes to the transgender athletes, biological males participating in biological females sports in their athletic divisions, we are going to need, and this is sad because this is, this is what it's come down to. We're going to have to go to the extreme and say, and hope that some high profile male athlete who is dominant in their, their sport against other men, to then just declare themselves a female and participate in the female sport to then prove the point that this is ridiculous, that this is ridiculous. For example, LeBron James, you know, Kevin Durant, one of them say, you know what? I'm not going to play in the NBA this season. Instead, I'm going to identify as a woman and I'm going to play in the WNBA. And even though I was able to, average 30 to 35 points per night in the NBA standing at six foot eight and six foot 10 respectively for those two, I'm going to participate in the WNBA and I'm going to average at least a hundred points. It's going to take that kind of extreme overcorrection to be able to correct the ship, to get the ship back on the right path. And for, and in this example, also for, the United States Senate, 
it might take, even though Susan Collins says it as a joke, it might actually need to go there. If you don't like wearing a suit, and this John Fetterman's on record for saying this because he, he says he doesn't like to wear a suit. He'll only wear it when it's required and there, there are committee meetings and things. But he feels uncomfortable in a suit. Well, whoop-dee-doo, right? I don't think suits are really designed to be comfortable. Now, he is making, I think, about $175,000 a year as a U.S. senator. And there are hundreds of brands out there for you know, button down long sleeve shirts for ties, for, you know, dress slacks, for a suit jacket, for a sport coat, whatever it takes to meet the old dress code for the U.S. Senate for a male. There are numerous brands out there to where you can find something that is going to be comfortable. And you could also just do like a lot of individuals do, her lawyers do this because they have to wear a um, coat and tie in a courthouse they will just wear the slacks and the shirt leave it unbuttoned you know no tie during the day and then whenever they have to show up in court they just slap throw on the tie throw on the jacket and they're good to go you know wearing a shirt and pants should not be that uncomfortable senator fetterman and the fact that senator schumer felt the need to change this dress code is there's got to be something else going on behind the scenes there because this is just this seems like something that didn't even need to be done or didn't even need to be addressed, but for some reason he decided to change the rules again. This is a microcosm. Change the rules for one instead of the instead of you know making an exception at the at the most, but affecting the, at the expense of the majority in order to just please the extreme minority. And again, maybe it is going to take Susan Collins showing up in a bikini. Maybe that's what it's going to take for people to just go up in arms, right? And that'll really pin these uh, Democrats into a corner. To so be like, oh, well, this is ludicrous. They're just making a mockery now. They don't take anything seriously. You know, they don't take anything seriously. Susan Collins over here wearing a, wearing a bikini to the U.S. Senate. That's not what this was intended to do. Uh, well, there's no rules against it. No rules against it, but they can't go too hard on her. You would think if they were principled at all, because she's a woman, right? And then they would be misogyn. It would be misogyny against her. You know, it would be, you know, an a, an anti-woman attack against her, saying, you know, oh, body positivity going to get trapped there too, right? So, I think that's where where we stand now as a country where this is the only potential this might be the only way forward in order to get our country back on back on path we're gonna have to make an extreme correction to be able to get back on the straight and narrow now dress code isn't just the one issue going on here right in in america i already touched on transgender but there are other things that are happening where we are changing the rules the standards because a small minority are not able, or maybe not even able is the right not isn't the right term. They're just not meeting the standard. Because we all have the ability, but they're not meeting the standard. Another example would be altering test scores, standardized test scores, and what and having to to take a standardized test to maybe move on to the next level in schooling from 
elementary to middle school or middle school to high school or high school to college. You know, most famously, it would be the SAT and the ACT. I believe the state of California has changed the rules for college admissions within their state to where, you know, the ACT and the SAT are not even required. And if they are required, the standards to get into the schools have been lowered or the state standards to go again from elementary to middle, middle to high school have been adjusted in order to make sure that those who are struggling and have not met the standard are still able to move on. And that's just a snowball effect, right? That's just going to compound to the, to the detriment of California. And then as those individuals go and get jobs, potentially to the detriment of the United States to where we are just trying to get kids through the system, the school system, graduate them as if we are checking a box, meeting a quota in order to get more funding from the state government. However, we are not setting up or they are not setting up those kids for success in the real world. How can you send, you know, with a good conscience, how can you send someone out into the real world who is not proficient in reading and writing or arithmetic? You're just going to send this kid out there and expect them to be able to navigate the real world without this basic foundation of, of knowledge, of understanding. That is, that is reckless to do that. It is harmful to that individual. Teachers, the educators, the, the school system, the larger school infrastructure at the state level and at the federal level, whether you like it at the federal level or not, is to put these kids in a position to succeed when they get to the real world, when they graduate high school. But because certain groups are struggling to meet the standards, instead of trying to lift those individuals up to meet the standards, the standards are being lowered. And that is not a good path for our country. We are seen as the world power, mostly because we have the largest economy and because we have the largest and strongest military. However, while we maintain that position around the world, we are not the most educated. We, are, we have fallen from top ranks down to the mid-20s as far as you know, proficiencies and scoring levels in math, English, and, and, and writing across the globe. I think we're about 26 to 30 in each of those three categories, maybe a little higher, maybe a little lower. But we used to be in the upper tier. And along with the freedom that this country provides and the economy, the economics through our capitalist market, people wanted to come here. Now, we still have great universities. Like This isn't just some big sweeping thing to where all of America is you know, subpar. But we have changed the standards, many standards, in our country that is setting up our future generations for failure in the real world and then later on the world stage, wherever their path takes them in life. And we as the adults in the room now, the policymakers, the, the lawmakers, we are supposed to be the ones who are guarding those, the, min the, the minors, the children within our country while building a system to set them up and ultimately our country up for success. But the standards are being lowered. Ron DeSantis, in response to 
this dress code had, you know, he shares the same sentiment that there needs to be a certain level of standards and decorum within the Senate and that the standards of America have been lowered when they need to be raised back up. The reasons why we are lowering these standards, we are taking the wrong approach. We are, again, doing what the small minority of a certain issue wants to do instead of bringing that minority up to a standard such as testing or you know, doing what the majority wants to do, such as not allowing biological males who say they are females to participate in sports with biological females. We have this backwards. We have this backwards. We have it to where we think that the we minority needs to be become the majority instead of the other way around. Now we can bring up or make exceptions for those extreme minority groups and scenarios, but I don't believe we should be changing the 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 overall um, opinion of the majority. Right. If if everybody wants tacos on Tuesday, and then one person wants a veggie burger, the other ninety nine, let's say, let's have a hundred people, should not then all get veggie burgers. Right. But there is a a methodology to this, and we've seen it in in corporate America. You'll get a few disgruntled, handful of disgruntled individuals, employees within a company. They will start being the squeaky wheel. Ultimately, that's going to get the grease from the human capital, the HR department, complaining about something going on within the company. And then because the company doesn't want to deal with that small group of individuals and their whininess, they think it's just simpler to please those individuals to get them to shut up, to get them to quiet down by changing and creating some policy that's going to affect the majority of the employees at the company. And then all the employees are subject to whatever it is that was changed in order to please that small, squeaky, annoying group of employees within the company. And that is a way to make to make changes. That is a way to make change. Again, I forget the I forget the the name for this. Like there is, is actual, you know, methodology of doing this. Another example would be like in your own household, if you have, let's say, two, three, four kids, you have, you know, four, five, six people within your house. Everybody likes to eat chicken, steak, you know, other forms of beef, pork, fish. And then you have one child who is going to be a vegetarian or a vegan. And the, and the family decides, or the mother or the father, whoever's in charge of dinner thinks, okay, well I can either make two different meals or it could just be a little bit easier if everyone will just agree, you know, the carnivores in the family to say, okay, we're all going to become herbivores and we're just going to, we'll find our way to get protein from beans and lentils and, and other things. And we're all just going to eat vegan, right? That is how it could apply in your own household. But these again are microcosms of the larger things going on in this country that America is, um, is changing policies 
changing standards in order to meet the small minority instead of the large majority. And I don't think this is a good path for our country. The changing of the dress code, I mean, buck up, John Fetterman, Senator Fetterman. If you feel uncomfortable, <laughs> go find some better fitting clothes, man. Like, this is ridiculous. We are not here for you to be comfortable. You are not in the Senate to be comfortable. You are in the Senate to represent those that elected you and put you there in the state of Pennsylvania to enact policies and laws within this country that you believe best serve your constituents and hopefully then ultimately the United States of America. We don't care and we shouldn't care whether or not you're comfortable sitting on the House floor to cast your vote. You know, put on some slacks, put on a shirt, put on a jacket, put on a tie and sit your butt down and vote. I've, when I've entered the workforce, the first, when I was an intern, actually, I had to wear a shirt and tie. Then when I got my first real job, I was wearing a shirt and tie. It wasn't actually until getting to a larger corporation where my expectation was, oh, we're at a larger corporation you know, more prestigious, that the dress code would be more, um, would be also be, I guess, at a higher level. However, it wasn't until I got to this larger and higher, more prestigious corporation that I didn't actually have to wear a tie anymore. All they wanted was like a sports shirt and slacks whenever you're in the office and that's it. But that was, you know, that's my personal example. I don't mind wearing a shirt and tie. I actually like it. I think I look good. If I look good, then I feel good. And that's going to increase my my productivity and to me, my my mental state and you know, it could benefit my my way of life. You know, ZZ Top said it best, ever go crazy about a sharp dressed man. That's true. So Senator Fetterman, just put on some pants and get in there and vote. Again, you are not in the Senate to be comfortable. You are in the Senate to represent those who put you there. If you don't like the dress code, then maybe you don't run in the first place. Now, I do think there is something else going on here for political purposes, because why would Senator Schumer just do this one thing for one individual, one of the 99 or or one of his 50 or 51 that he has in the Senate on the Democrat side of the aisle? But again, this is a microcosm of what is going on in this country where the standards are being changed, they're being lowered in order to placate the small minority instead of keeping what is in place or altering for the benefit of the majority. And I do believe, again, that it is going to take a overcorrection, not only just in this dress code, maybe Senator Collins needs to show up in a bikini next week. Maybe LeBron James, Kevin Durant needs to sign up and play for the WNBA. Maybe Lionel Messi needs to pause his play for Inter Milan and you know, and go try to play for the Argentine women's national team. You know, something like this, unfortunately, is going to have to occur in order to get everyone to snap out of this uh, absurd, like, delirium that they are in, thinking that what they, that, <laughs> that this is all just okay and normal and should be accepted. America, we are better than this. Instead of pushing standards down, we need to be pulling those individuals up to the standards. It'll help 
the individual, it'll help their community, and it'll help our country. Maybe this all goes back to American pride. Maybe if there was more pride in America, which has gone down steadily over the last few decades and across the generations, maybe if we had more American pride, that would also affect the standards that we have for ourselves individually and collectively as a country. But whatever is going on here with this dress code, it needs to to end. I hope when the Republicans get back in power and they have a Republican Senate majority leader, that that leader will reinstate the policy, the dress code that was in place before. And that the minds along with that in this country, the expectations of ourselves as individuals and collectively as a country will change and that we will start to bring America back up to the standard that we once held. Thank you for listening to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. Remember to subscribe and like or rate the podcast on your podcast app or on YouTube and engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought at counter CEO or on Facebook at counter thought podcast. <laughs>